0: Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. Our vision is to extend and establish the influence of the kingdom of God by equipping the saints for the work of ministry. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I want to minister to you this morning on the test of faithfulness and obedience. We are currently going through a series of studies on the subject of godly values. Values by which believers ought to live by and exhibit the character of Christ in an ever decaying world. Last time I spoke, I spoke on the two values that are very precious to my heart, values by which I have lived for over 42 years since I have come to the Lord, values which they have been tested in my own life. I have seen the benefit of walking in those values, and I have seen the rewards of the Lord that were granted to me as I walked in faithfulness and obedience to the word of the Lord which word was given to me from time to time in realigning and repositioning my life, my family, and my ministry. We need to understand that as we approach the days of the Lord Jesus Christ, of Him coming back, days are not going to become easier for believers or for unbelievers. Days are going to become far more difficult and harder to bear. In fact, the Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, he says to him, know this, that in the last days, and how many of you know that we are in the last of the last days, perilous times will come. The Amplified says, hard to bear and hard to deal with. Why? Because sin will abound. Jesus said, because iniquity will abound, the love of many, even within the house of God, will grow cold. So you need to understand that unless you stay strong in the Lord, you will be swept by the torrents and the currents of evil in this present world. You need to understand that. In my own life, in my own walk with God, I I endeavor to stay strong and encouraged, not just for my own sake, but for the sake of those who look to me for encouragement. And believe me, I have been encouraging pastors, leaders, ordinary members of congregations for. For over a year now, this is all I seem to be doing, encouraging them because of the severe tests and the severe trials they are going through. Our people need to be encouraged today because there is so much out there that is happening, even in our own personal lives, that is discouraging. Amen? So we need to stay strong. Not just for our sakes, but for those who look to us, for leadership, for examples. So, and you need to know that as this present world continues to sink deeper and deeper into moral decay, and the darkness envelops our society, Christians, we, need to stand out and, as Paul says, shine as lights in this present world. Amen? We need to shine. Now, hear what the Apostle Paul wrote to the believers of his day. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 through to 16. Can you put it up for me, please, Rick? Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault, In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. One of the things that discourages a pastor or a leader of a congregation is to is to think that his labor has been in vain in some people, or his investment in some people has been in vain. Paul says, I want to rejoice in the day of Christ, and to know that I have not labored or run in vain. My life, my ministry, my investment in you has paid off. How? When you shine as lights in the world. And how, how, how are we to shine as lights? Listen to what He says. By holding fast to the values and to the principles of the Word of God. When you hold fast to the Word of God, when you live by the Word, when you live by the values of the kingdom of God, then you shine in this darkened world. And the light needs to shine where it's darker. And some Christians are complaining because they are in a place of ungodliness. People swear and they say, I know I want to get out of here. No, you need to stay there and shine because that's where the light needs to shine the most. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace does abound more. Amen? They need to see the difference. They need to see what a Christian looks like, how a Christian behaves. And you may be the only Bible they will ever get to see and ever get to meet and talk to. Amen? Now, we have emphasized the fact that unless we as believers, as Christians, adopt and live by a kingdom value system, we cannot have any influence on the world we're trying to reach for Christ. Our efforts in order to evangelize people, the unbelieving world, would be futile unless we live by what we preach. How often we need to emphasize that. You know, in the early days of my walk with Christ, I was very selfish still, even though I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I had a dear friend uh, by the name of Mrs. Van Heerden, much older than. Than, than I was at that time, she worked with my wife, and in some cases she mentored her in the accounting department where they worked together. One day she came to me and she said, Andrea, I, I, I want to I be honest with you. You need to live what you preach. And she was referring to my behavior and attitude, I think, towards my wife. She had the guts to tell me the truth because she loved me. She said, the Lord told me to tell you, you need to live what you preach. Was it easy to hear that? No. (laughs) It was very difficult and very painful. But I stopped and thought about what she said. Now, having a name without substance of character... Or a form of godliness without the power to change us from a lifestyle of compromise is an abomination in the eyes of God. Did you know that? We need to show there has been a change in our life and not just talk. James says, show me. (laughs) Show me your faith by your works. I want to see whether you really believe. Because there are many in the house of God, and I tell you the truth, I do not lie. they sitting in church week after week, but they spiritually dying. Yeah. Do you know why? Because their faith is dying. It has no action. It has no work. And James says, faith without works is dead. Yeah. Writing to the church in Sardis, the Lord Jesus said the following, You have a name that you're alive, but you are dead. And I I question that and I say, Lord, how can a church born again, regenerated by the Holy Spirit, having the Holy Spirit be dead? How can it be that a church is dying? He said, I have not found your works perfect before God. What happened to that church? Well, Romans chapter 8 tells us exactly what happened. He said... My brothers, we are not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh because if you do, you will die. He was speaking about spiritual death. This church was carnally minded. They continued to yield to the flesh and to the desires of the flesh and the more they yielded to the flesh, the more they were dying. Spiritual death. And then God calls them, or the Lord Jesus, He said, Wake up! Strengthen what you have that are about to die. Wake up. Repent. Come back to the heart of God. Come back to the desires of the Lord for your life. And I wonder sometimes, if the Lord Jesus said that to the church in those days, what would he say to us today? To the modern church. James calls the man without works foolish. He says, do you know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? There is a verse of Scripture in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 9, speaking about the Lord Jesus. And it says this, you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. You see, Jesus did not only just love righteousness, he hated lawlessness. And we must come to the place as believers in Christ where we love what God loves and we hate what God hates. Amen? It's too quiet in here this morning. In my previous message, I taught on the two values of the kingdom. If you were here, you would know faithfulness and obedience. I shared from the Word of God, from the Scriptures, as well as my own personal experience, how God will always promote and reward a faithful person. Regardless of what others may do or not do to him, Regardless of the circumstances he may find himself in, God will never overlook a faithful and an obedient person. In today's lesson, we're going to look at how God tests us before he pronounces us faithful. You know, there is such a thing as God testing us. How many of you know that? Some people think, no, God will never test me. No, he will test you in order to strengthen you. The devil will tempt you in order to destroy you. Now, <laughs> you know, everyone is considered faithful and obedient until they are tested and tried. Did you know that? How do I know I am faithful to my wife unless I am tested in that area? Hello? How do you know you are faithful? Unless you are tested in that area. In the test, you will either prove faithful or unfaithful. Amen? <laughs> you know, I want, it, I want to bring it home. How can I know I am faithful and obedient to God and His Word unless I am tested in those areas. and every area of your life as a believer, you will be tested. You will be tried. In fact, Peter says, the trial of your faith, which is being tested by fire, is far more precious than gold. Your faith will be tested. Your obedience to God will be tested. One way or another, sooner or later. The Bible says that God tested Abraham. You recall that? How did He test him? He said, I want you to take your son, your only son, the son of promise, the son that I've promised you that through whom I will bless the nations. I want you to take him, go up to the mountain that I will show you, and there sacrifice him. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. You know, Abraham didn't wait three days to do that. He didn't even consult with his wife. Because I'm sure Sarah would not agree with it. He just got up the next morning, took his son and said, let's go up the mountain and worship the Lord. He was tested. Well, but listen to what God said to him. Because you have done this thing, And have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand on which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies in your seed. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. You know, God will ask you to do certain things that may cost you a great deal. Yes. In order to test your level of commitment and obedience. Not for Him to know, but for you to know. I recall in my early days, just, when, just after I got born again, I received this letter from my dad, thousands of miles across, and he says unless you forsake this newfound religion, that's what he called it, and get back to the orthodox religion that you were born in, I will disown you. You will no longer be my son. You know, some of these things, the Western church, and here in South Africa, know nothing of what I'm talking about. In some countries, when you profess Christ, you are disowned, you are buried, you are dead to your family. Are you listening to me? It costs to be a Christian. I had to make a decision because I read a scripture that says he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So here I am at the crossroads. What am I going to do now? I followed the conviction in my heart and I obeyed the Lord and after a number of years they came to see the light they accepted me for who I was and what I believed you know if your faith is not worth being tested is not worth anything do you know that I'm preaching the gospel fresh in the ministry after I was released and 18 months down the road, I'm summoned into the bishop's office of the Orthodox Church. And I'm sitting there before him, and he says to me, You stop preaching this heresy, or I'm going to excommunicate you. You stop right now going from city to city preaching what you're preaching? He was, he was mad at me. Why? Because I didn't preach the, the traditions, the... the how can I put it? Kissing the icons. Uh, Worshipping the saints and the Virgin Mary and all of that that goes with it. I refuse to do that. I preach repentance and I preached faith in the Lord Jesus. So I leave his office. <laughs> I cannot describe to you how I felt. All the way driving back from Harare to Masvingo. I felt disheartened, discouraged, disappointed, betrayed, and all night I couldn't sleep. So I got up, came downstairs, we were living in my at that time, and walked up and down praying in the Spirit for hours. In the middle of my prayer, I heard the Lord speak these words to my heart. I said, look, what what do you want me to do? And then he said, I would do what Moses did when the Red Sea told him, you cannot cross, I'm going to drown you. And God said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Stretch forth what I've given you and divide the sea and walk through it. I got my answer. I went back to sleep, and the next week I started preaching again. Well, he did excommunicate me. (laughs) I am still excommunicated. But the more they persecuted my ministry, the more it grew. You can't kill something that is of God. I wonder sometimes what would have happened to me if I bowed and gave in to pressure. Would I be here today? I seriously doubt it. Amen? Amen. Yes, you will be tested. Was that a test from the Lord? I believe it was. We have many today God-fearing women. I've seen it over the years. They love the Lord. They love the church. They love the fellowship. And all of a sudden, the unbelieving husband decides he's going to put his foot down, threatening them with divorce or violence. You know, most of them walk away from the Lord and walk away from the church. No backbone. Say, husband, I will love you. I will submit to you in all things, but I will not violate the word of God. Because God's word says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. I'm going to serve God and I'm going to worship the Lord and I'm going to be in church and I'm going to fellowship in church and if you want to divorce me, go right ahead. Amen? The wife of the great apostle of faith, Smith Wigglesworth, did that to him. She came to the Lord first. He was an unbeliever altogether indifferent to the things of God. She said, woman, if you go to church tonight, I'm going to lock you out. And it was freezing cold. It was snowing. She came back from the church. She found the door locked. She stayed outside all night in the freezing cold. The next morning, he opens the door. She comes in. She greets him. She goes and makes breakfast for him. Guess what happened? The Spirit of God so convicted him, he came to the Lord. Because she didn't compromise. In the test, she did not give in. She chose to obey God. Today we have many young men, young women. Yes, in the house of God. And because of worldly pressure. And because primarily of loneliness. They give in to unauthorized relationships. And illicit sex. Because they cannot withstand the pressure. They have no backbone. They have no moral code. They have no values. Hello? So many fall by the wayside. I tell you, if you're a pastor, you will weep. You will wake up at night and you will weep in your heart and feel like Jeremiah felt many a night. He said, oh, that my head were waters and my eyes, a fountain of tears that I would weep for the daughter of my people. It breaks your heart. Don't give in to pressure. Don't give in to loneliness. Stand for what you believe. And be proud to be a Christian shine as light in the world so that others can see the light and come to it. Amen? In the fires of pressure and test, they bow. And let me say this to you. You bow, you burn. The three Hebrew boys in the book of Daniel, the testimony of these three Hebrew boys, if you're a Bible scholar, you will know it. They were tested so severely where the king Nebuchadnezzar said, If you do not fall down and worship the golden idol that I have made, I am going to throw you in the fiery furnace and you will burn. Do you know what the answer was? Listen to them. Daniel chapter 3 verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and He will deliver us from your hand, O King. But if not, listen to that. If not, (laughs) you know, whether He will deliver us or not, we're still not going to bow before your idol and we're still not going to worship the idol you made because we worship the only living God. But if not... Then let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. The king did throw them in the fiery furnace. And listen to me. God did not deliver them from the fire, but in the fire. But he did deliver them. And not only did he throw them in the fire... The testimony of those three Hebrew boys, because there was a fourth man, the angel of the Lord, was there with them, protecting them. When the king saw that, he made a decree that there is no other god except the god of Shadrach, Mitnach, and Abednego. And not only that, when they came out of the fiery furnace, they received their promotion. All of us want to be promoted. All of us want to be rewarded. But how many of us are willing to go through the test? Huh? Look at Joseph, one of the finest examples of faithfulness and obedience to God in the entire Bible. Hear what the Word of the Lord says about Joseph. In Psalm 105, verse 17, He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave They hurt his feet with feathers. He was laid in irons. And until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Wow, Joseph was severely tested. Betrayed by his own brothers. Sold as a slave. Falsely accused by his master's wife. Thrown into the dungeons of Egypt. But you know what? He remained faithful to God and his principles throughout his trials, doing what was right in God's sight. Never once do we read that Joseph ever complained about his lot. Ever. Wow. He he had no Bible like you and I have. He had no church to fellowship with. You know that? There was no one around that he could talk to. (laughs) There was no one who could encourage him. He was in the midst of a heathen nation. Yet he kept his faith in God. He was strong in the Lord. And when the test came, he would not give in to it. He remained faithful. He remained obedient. And we saw how the Lord rewarded him. He was given the wealth of the nation to govern because he was faithful in governing Potiphar's wealth. He was given a nation to rule because he was found faithful in prison and served the prison uh, warden. Wherever they placed him, he was faithful, he was obedient, never complained about his lot. He was strong in the Lord, a wonderful example of what it means to serve God faithfully. And as Stephen spoke, being a living sacrifice. Wow. The master in Jesus' parable said to the faithful servant, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. You see, you cannot be pronounced faithful until you go through some tests and found faith. Until your faith is tested in every area, in your giving, in your relationships. You know, one of the, one of the mistakes we make, particularly in the church, we promote untested people. <laughs> I've done that through the years and I've learned better lessons. We have in churches, many churches today, people are assigned to the financial board or promoted there, make financial decisions, and they're not even tithers. Hello? People are released and promoted into ministry, they live a double life. And these mistakes costs us a great deal. You never promote an untested person. You never promote a person that has not gone through the fire. When he goes through the fire, you will see. Amen? That's when you see faithfulness and obedience. Now, everybody can be faithful and obedient when it's comfortable. But what happens when the pressure comes? What happens when you squeezed so much and you can't see any light? Would you still obey God? Would you still serve Him? Even if He doesn't answer your prayers, He doesn't bless you as you expect, He doesn't give you what you asked, would you still serve Him? And instead of the blessing, things seem to go wrong in every direction you look, would you still be obedient? Would you still do what is right? Would you still obey and be faithful to Him? If you are, then God will reward you, not when you expect it, but when in, in his due season. Amen. We can only be pronounced faithful once we have been tested and tried in the furnace of God's choosing. Scripture says that God is looking. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro, 2 Chronicles sixteen nine says, throughout the whole earth. What's he looking for? He's looking for a specific type of people. And the scripture says, he's looking for people whose heart is loyal to him so that he may show himself strong in their behalf. Wow. God is looking. He's looking. Because he wants to show his goodness. He wants to show his favor. He wants to show his strength. He wants to show his miraculous ability when he finds that loyal heart. Do you know that powerful testimonies in which God shows himself strong in the life of his people today are re? Do you know why? Because faithfulness, loyalty, and obedience to his word are also re, even in his own house and among his own people. Amen. I don't want to discourage you today. I want to wake you up to reality. Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in it, because narrow is the gate difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. In the light of this ministry this morning let us examine ourselves. Let us ask the question am i faithful in obeying the lord in the things that he has taught me and showed me and gave me revelation on Do I obey Him in that area? Am I faithful in that? Do I compromise and buckle under pressure? Or am I true to myself and to my convictions? Only we can answer those questions for ourselves. Amen? But we need to ask those questions. The Lord said to Israelites in the Old Covenant, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you. See that? God tests. For 40 years, God tested the children of Israel. And every time they entered the test, they failed. They started murmuring, they started complaining, they started rebelling against the leaders. Every single time the test came, they failed the test. As a result, they were never able to enter the promised land. They died in the wilderness. Wow. The same principles apply with us today. And God will test you again and again. And again, before the promises of God are fulfilled in your life. If you fail that test, He'll put you through it again. He'll put you through it again. That's why many of us are going through the same cycle, over and over and over. Why? God is is trying to tell us something. But you know what? Only in His light we will see light. You cannot see light any other way. You may think you're right. You may think you're faithful. But when God starts to shine His light upon you, then you really see. Amen? God shone His light on me this morning, 2 o'clock a.m. I thought I was a loving and a caring person. Many of you think I'm a loving and a caring person. But the Spirit of God began to shine His light and He said, Son, don't give up on people too quickly. Don't walk away from them regardless of what they do. Sometimes we walk away from people in our hearts. Are you listening to me? Don't be too quick to judge them. Even if they hurt you, betray you, continue to love them and pray for them. Don't cut them off. Because I never, ever, ever, ever give up on anyone regardless of what they do and what they do not do. I will love them to the end. I'M SORRY, LORD, PLEASE FORGIVE ME. YOU KNOW, IT'S EASY TO LOVE THOSE WHO LOVE YOU. IT'S EASY TO BE FRIENDLY TOWARDS THOSE THAT ARE FRIENDLY TOWARDS YOU. IT'S NOT THAT EASY TO LOVE THE UNLOVABLE, TO LOVE THE ONES THAT CONTINUE TO DISAPPOINT YOU, (laughs) TIME AFTER TIME, AGAIN AND AGAIN AND AGAIN, AND I BEGAN TO SEE THE VASTNESS I was amazed at the heart of the Father how he never gives up on anyone. He never gave up on me. And I've disappointed him so many times. Hello. I'm sorry, Lord. Please forgive me. Where are you today? When the pressure comes, what do you do? Has your obedience been tested? Huh? What do you do when you, you cannot see, you you cannot see a way out how you're going to meet your financial obligations? You test it in that area, whether you're going to give God anything or not. What do you do then? Hello? What do you do when you're threatened? I know we don't have persecution in this country. Thank God. But you know what? What persecution has taught me and has made me a stronger believer. I developed a spiritual backbone and we all need to develop that. And we as pastors and ministers of the gospel have a responsibility to train our people to survive and to thrive in the hard times. Amen. Because if I do not equip you to stand strong in the day of evil, then I have not done my job. Amen. It's not a bit of roses being a Christian. It's not easy. That's why Jesus said, narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way. And only few will go through it. I want to be among those few, don't you? Amen? Faithfulness and obedience. Let those two values be your values. Embrace them. Live by them. Walk by them. No matter what. And the Lord says... I will bless you. Amen? Let's stand. Father, we appreciate Your Word. We thank You for Your precious Word today. We thank You for Your Holy Spirit that helps and enables us and corrects us and reproves us and counsels us and teaches us in the way that we should go. Teach us how to stand in the day of evil. Teach us how to stand in the difficult and in the pressure. That when the test, when the trial comes, we are ready, we are strong, we are committed, we are faithful, we are loyal to you and to no one else. Teach our hearts to know you and to love you passionately, Lord and to know You intimately in such a way where we are able to shine as lights in this world. Father, teach our people, teach our congregation Help us to equip and to train them to be able to stand in difficult days. For the days that are coming are difficult. They are volatile. They are hard to bear and hard to deal with. But the strong will become stronger in the name of the Lord. And even though the darkness gets to be darker, those that shine will shine brighter in the days that are to come. I give You praise today and I thank You for Your Word and Your Spirit that encourages us. Thank You for placing in our lives those men and women who are encouraging us, who are giving us an example to follow, who are fathering us and mothering us and correcting us and rebuking us when necessary so that we may walk in the path that You have chosen for us. We give you praise and thanks today in in the wonderful and most precious name of Jesus. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.